Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. All right, everybody, we are just moments removed from Canelo Alvarez' 11th round TKO or knockout, whatever you wanted to classify it, of Caleb Plant. He is now the first ever super middleweight, undisputed super middleweight champion, and he is undoubtedly the king of boxing. Welcome in to a rapid reaction inside Boxing Live. It is currently 1 a.m. here on the East Coast. My adrenaline is still pumping. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, your adrenaline is still pumping. Canelo Alvarez's adrenaline is still pumping right now. Caleb Plant, I think, is concussed. No post-fight interview as of now. But what a fight. Uh, what an ex- really good card from top to bottom if you put it all together with some spectacular knockouts uh, that we'll get to a little later on. But it's all about Canelo Alvarez. He is the man right now at 168 pounds. He clears out the division in, in 12 months. I mean, look what Canelo has done in the last 12 months. Uh, beating Callum Smith, beating BJ Saunders, beating Anvi Yildirim. That was also uh, this month. And... Clearing out a whole division, becoming the guy at 168. We'll also talk about what's next for Canelo. Who do you want to see him fight next? Uh, but let's talk about the event as a whole. Las Vegas, Canelo back on Showtime, back on pay-per-view. We'll find out uh, the numbers because I know people are going to be digging for those pay-per-view numbers. First pay-per-view fight for Canelo uh, in his last five or six fights. His last few have been... Uh, on that subscription-based platform uh, with the zone, so a huge live gate uh, for this one. Uh, I know that Espinosa, Stephen Espinosa, Showtime was touting that all week that this was the biggest gate in Vegas, bigger than any UFC event. It, this one did feel big. Uh, this did uh, this fight felt different than Canelo's last couple of fights, probably because he was facing an American, probably because he was facing a guy in Plant that had been featured on Fox, had been featured on PBC, uh, did good ratings on PBC. And this one did feel big. A lot of celebrities in attendance, a lot of buzz from everything I was seeing on Twitter and everything I was hearing from my friends that were there in Vegas. So that was good for boxing. The lead up was there. The slap heard around the world that we saw a few weeks back at the press conference. Everything was building up to this night and it felt big. It did feel like a huge night. And it ended with Canelo Alvarez erasing Caleb Plant in the 11th round and what was a tight fight. Uh, you know, maybe to the naked eye, uh, Plant was, you know, up until the, maybe the 10th round, parts of the, the latter half of the ninth, was still landing his jab, you know, wasn't looking visibly hurt or visibly, you know, bruised or bloodied, was still pumping a jab, but not like he was pumping it in the first couple rounds. You know, I told you all week long that Canelo Alvarez is a slow starter. He downloads data. All the cliches you want to hear about a slow starting fighter. And he usually picks it up in like the sixth or seventh round, Canelo. This fight, he gave Plant three rounds. First three rounds, Plant outlanded Canelo Alvarez. Round four is when Alvarez stepped up the pace. Subsequent rounds after that, you start to see a difference. (laughs) Uh, Going to the body, I mean, geez, more uh, half of Canelo's landed punches were to the body of Caleb Plant. That's something uh, that if you've been following along uh, with us at, at CompuBox, we told you the numbers, uh, Canelo versus tall fighters, 
Uh, four fights above, uh, with fighters above six foot. Canelo has landed 173 body shots. You can now add 50 plus to that because that was the difference in this fight is he was hammering plant to the body, slowing him down and then teeing off. To me, I think it's one of the most exciting styles in boxing today. It's Canelo style. And we're seeing other fighters kind of adapt it. Tank Davis has it. Uh, Jermel Charlo has it to a lesser degree. But it's this, this tightrope that Canelo walks where he'll throw 25, 30 punches some rounds, give up rounds, setting traps, and then being so confident in his power late to evaporate opponents. We've seen it with Kovalev. This was almost like kind of the same fight as the Sergey Kovalev fight. That was also an 11th round knockout where the only difference within this fight is that I think that Canelo uh, was, was a little more ahead or was in more control of this fight than he was against Kovalev. I, I thought he was possibly down against Kovalev. Uh, when he knocked out Saunders, yes, Saunders won a few rounds, but I still had Canelo up in this one. Still had Canelo up in this fight, too, against Plant, but it, it was a little bit closer uh, as it went in, into those later rounds. And I was sitting here, uh, you know, working the copy box, counting the punches, and, I, and, and we're getting into the 10th round, and I thought Canelo was up in a close fight. But I also said, man, I want it would be nice to see Canelo – um, put an exclamation point on this fight. He had, uh, you saw a body language change in, in plant late. If Canelo can put an exclamation point on this and he can score a knockout, it's just emphatic. It doesn't have to go, we don't have to, go to the judges because look what we saw Friday night on the top rank card with Meyer and Hamadouche. That was really, really bad judging. Didn't want to see that on uh, what is going probably outside of Wilder Fury, the biggest fight uh, of the year. So we didn't want to see any judging snafus. Canelo has now, uh, you know, knocked out his last couple opponents, taking uh, right out of the, the judges' hands. So, so that's good. Uh, we we like that uh, from uh, Canelo Alvarez. But listen, I've started to put out some gambling advice. I uh, took that leap of faith today by putting out two picks. I put out the over of nine and a half, which hit. I put out uh, Canelo by knockout, which hit. So if you did put place some bets after seeing the video I put out today, uh, I'm happy for you. Uh, I'm not going to be right all the time, but if you follow me all week long and I, I study, I know I put the numbers and people want to say uh, punch stats, so this, that, and the other about them. But, you know, I have a pretty good formula of picking fights and picking uh, over-unders and figuring out who's going to win based off of historical data based off of the eye test, based off of our stats. So I'm proud of that, and I'm going to be doing a lot more of that moving forward uh, with some odds and some some gambling stuff. Man, Canelo Alvarez is the guy. How about afterwards in the ring? Uh, he's given his post-fight interview. He's wearing a, a crown because he's got more belts around him than uh, we've ever seen before, the king of super middleweight. And he gives one of the best lines with my man Felix de Jesus. As the interpreter, he, the, it was kind of they were looking back and forth, and Canelo goes, "Sorry about the motherfucker incident." <laughs> How great is that? Because you know they had that altercation at the press conference. Good build up, though. Was a good build up for for, for this fight. Uh, mean Street Canelo is a sight to behold. I mean, just telling people that he wanted to just break the jaw of Caleb Plant. Did Caleb? I mean, yes, he did call him a cheater, but so did Golovkin. But we're seeing now Canelo at the height of his powers uh, in full command of, you know, 31 years old in the prime of his career. 
uh, despite the fact that he's now fought 425 rounds plus 11, 436 rounds in his career. But right now, you know, speaking English, you know, doing all these, uh, the media rounds, being more comfortable in his own skin, you know, expressing himself, the moments that he had with Andrade uh, after his last fight with the payday and, and everything. And now the buildup for this plant fight, this guy's giving you everything. He's trash talking. He's knocking guys out. He's, he's making history. I mean, sometimes the praise is over the top for Canelo, but how can, you know, I mean, if you go against him, I feel like you're just being contrarian. You know, you're just looking, you're nitpicking at this point because he's undoubtedly the, the, the box office star. Uh, he's undoubtedly pound for pound best fighter in boxing. Like how often does that happen where you got the best pound for pound fighter coincides with being uh, the biggest draw? You know, Floyd did it for, for many years. You know, Oscar for a few before he, he dropped some some fights too. But, man, when the stars align like they are for Canelo Alvarez right now, it's a sight to behold. And we'll see what's next. The names, you know the names. Uh, it's Jamal Charlo at 168. or 160, He'd have to move up to 168, and he said he was willing to do that. Uh, David Benavides has a fight next week. Uh, he's had issues making 168. Uh, he's had plenty of out of the ring issues. I think Benavidez probably gives Canelo the toughest fight at 168 of all the options that are available, uh, given his volume, given his power. I uh, just don't know about Benavidez's defense. He does not move well, uh, you know, side to side. He's a little bit plotter, but I would love to see that fight. But those are the two uh, from the PVC standpoint that we can see next uh, for Canelo. Then, of course, there's the jump up to 175. The better BMs of the world, the Bivals of the world. I think Dimitri Bival at 175 is a tougher fight for Canelo than better BM is because I think Bival can move. I think he has a jab and I think he has enough power to keep Canelo honest. Plant didn't have enough power tonight to keep Canelo honest at all. Canelo was not worried one bit about the right hand of Plant. Plant doesn't throw that. He does for, you know, part of the pun doesn't sit down and plant when he throws that right hand. He pushes the right hand with plant. You know, once we saw a few rounds from Caleb, uh, you know, pumping a jab, which was was nice. You know, the, the shoulder roll defense, also nice, but he wasn't countering with the shoulder roll. If you sit there for 30, 40 seconds of the round in a shoulder roll defense plant and you're not firing back, you know, you're not going to win rounds. He looked good. I mean, he made a good account of himself. He's probably going to have a nice long career, and he didn't embarrass himself by any means, Caleb Plant. But I also don't think he was even in the same stratosphere uh, as Canelo Alvarez. But I think Bivol at 175 uh, could be an interesting tango with Canelo. But the thing with Bivol is he's just not active. No one knows who he is at all. Uh, You know, he has one fight since 2019, Dimitri Bivol. Uh, better be if we're going to see him in December against Marcus Brown. He's 35 years old. Uh, he is a devastating puncher, a little chinny. Uh, better be if, but you know, those are the two guys at 175. And of course, 800 pound uh, elephant in the room is Gennady Golovkin. <laughs> what does Golovkin want to do? You know, he still wants that third fight with Canelo. Does Canelo want that third fight with Golovkin? No. I think that's been very clear over the years. Uh, he, he he was asked about it numerous times during the build up to this fight with Plant, and he said that yeah, uh, if we if I do decide to fight Golovkin, it, it's going to be at 168 pounds. I don't think Golovkin would have any issues going up to 168. He's in a cash grab uh, portion of his career. He's fighting Murata at 160. It's admirable uh, that he stayed at one weight class his entire career, Golovkin. But making 160 at age 39 has got to be tough. 
Uh, he's going to make a boatload of money to fight Murata in unification. It's not a it's not a foregone conclusion that Triple G is going to beat Murata. I mean, Murata has his flaws, but he's 39 years old. I mean, he's a, definitely at the end of the rope, uh, Golovkin. But what do we say about the third fight with Fury and Wilder? No one wanted to see it, right? Uh, we, we had enough of it. Give us something new. Would you be shocked if Canelo and Triple G decided to fight and it wasn't a classic? It wasn't maybe the best of all three? Who knows? I mean, that's it could happen like that. So I think we learned one thing from the Wilder Fury saga. The trilogy is maybe sometimes the third fight, if you're not really, it wasn't a lot of public demand for it, could end up being a classic. So I think there are some pretty good options for Canelo, but man, it's going to take a special, special fighter to beat Canelo Alvarez at this point. He's got it all. I mean, his defense was on point today. Uh, he was able to walk through some some of uh, Caleb plants punches because he just didn't have a lot of power on him. I mean, goes to the body. He's probably the best body puncher in boxing. He's one of the best counter punchers, uh, the most precise. He doesn't throw a lot of punches. Doesn't throw a lot of punches at all, but he's so damn precise and he places them perfectly. You're coming into this fight. He was landing 47% of his power shots. It was number one in super uh, middleweight, number three in all of boxing. And he did so tonight, well above 40% of his power shots again. I mean, walking that tightrope, it's something to behold. Canelo Alvarez adds another feather to his cap. I mean, it gets to the point where we don't, you know, what's going to be his motivation? You know, he just he just completed a goal that he said he always wanted to do was to be undisputed. And he did it at 168. You know, does he get up for a Charlo fight? Does he get up for a, a, you know, a fight with Benavides? Probably not. I think a, a challenge like Better BF or a challenge like Bivol in 175, probably Better BF because he's such a hard puncher and everyone looks at him as like, you know, indestructible. That probably uh, gets Canelo out of bed, gets him out of his silk pajamas that he's been wearing all week long. Uh, interested to see what's next for him. I wouldn't be shocked if he sticks if he still wants to stay on this like three fight a year or four fight a year. Four is a little ambitious. Three fights a year and he wants to fight in February. Would you I would not be shocked if he takes one of his mandatories at 168 and fights in in Mexico, like he's been saying he's wanted to do for a while now. And I wouldn't be shocked that that was with Matchroom. I wouldn't be shocked that that was on the zone. Uh, like another Anvi Yildirim type where he blows it, blows out of the opponent. It's a big homecoming. Get, you know, 100,000 fans. It'll be a spectacle. I mean, that would be great. You know, we'll get to see Canelo fight again in February and then get back to your May-September schedule. You know, he's been fighting a lot in May. He hasn't been missing that single de Mayo. He's been missing the September, uh, you know, Mexican holiday that is huge. I mean, this fight was in November and still did big. But I know or think that he would probably want to get back on that may september schedule and this is when he's got to do it he's 31 in the prime of his career uh if he wants to fulfill everything now and really go for the jugular of being one of the best all time and getting into that discussion uh you know getting into the discussion of being the best mexican fighter of all time which he is now as of tonight is closer to that uh than he ever was you know you want to maximize your star power right now that's fighting three or four times a year i'd love to see it in mexico Man, I would like to like if I could plan it out right now, I would say Canelo fights in Mexico in February or March. Let's just say February against a Anvil Yildirim type defends one of his belts. Huge spectacle on the zone. And then 
in May, he fights Jamal Charlo. And then in September, it could be a toss-up between Benavidez if he stays with the PBC or goes up to 175 on one of those challenges. That would be insane for Canelo Alvarez. And if you, it would just add on to you know what he's done in the last 12 months. And now you're looking at a 24-month span of him just taking on all challengers, all weight classes, fighting guys that we said he'll, he'll never fight Charlo. He ducked Charlo at 160. He ducked Benavidez at 160. You know, he can go. It's, a, it's in his hands. It's literally in his hands. He's the shot caller. He's a free agent. Uh, he can fight on the zone. He can fight on ESPN. I'm pretty sure Better Bev is aligned with top rank in ESPN. Uh, I know Showtime and Steven Espinosa, who did a phenomenal job with lead up to this fight, made it feel like a big event, wants to keep him in the Showtime family. But love for him to fight Charlo. That would be a great buildup. I don't think it would be a competitive fight. I think Canelo wins that one pretty, probably easier than tonight uh, against Charlo. But it would be marketable because people know who Charlo is. He's been featured on Showtime, Fox, for the last three, four years. Isn't that the, the PBC formula? It's pretty much what they did with Plant. If you think about Caleb Plant now, as a fighter, signs with PBC, not really, uh, you know, a can't-miss prospect. PBC builds this guy up, builds him up to a title shot, wasn't supposed to beat Uskategi, beats him, puts him on Fox, gets huge ratings against no hopers, and then cashes him out for $10 million. That's a pretty good plan if you're signed with a, a promotional company and they lay out, this is, your, this is our five-fight plan for you and your Caleb plant, and you see it culminating with a $10 million paycheck against Canelo Alvarez in one of the biggest fights of the year. It doesn't happen for everyone. Stars have to align, as we know, in boxing. Things have to go right. Canelo Alvarez has to move into your weight class. You have to have something that Alvarez wants, the cash cow, and that was an IBF belt. You know, and That's why belts will always matter, as much as we say in boxing that there's too damn many of them. Uh, Caleb plant holding that IBF belt was literally, that's a $10 million belt. That's why he got 10 million bucks. Charlo's not getting 10 million to fight Canelo. Benavides is not getting 10 million to fight Canelo. Golovkin probably will make a lot more uh, than those two to fight Canelo for a third time. Better BF has something that Canelo wants in terms of history with a belt. He'll probably demand or command more than those. So if he fights on Showtime and he fights a Charlo, or Benavidez, Showtime could save there uh, on their opponent and maybe get a better undercard. Uh, let's talk about the undercard a little bit. Was on paper, people said this undercard sucked, but in reality, it was pretty damn good. Elvis Rodriguez in the first fight defeated Juan Pablo Romero. Fifth round knockout, a perfectly placed counter shot. It was Elvis Rodriguez's first fight uh, with PBC. He was cut by top rank. He was one of the best or most highly touted prospects uh, last year, he fought a bunch in the bubble. Uh, he was cut by top rank after his loss to Sims. PBC comes in, scoops him up, and put him in tough with Pablo Romero, who was uh, you know, a pressure fighter versus a more calculated guy in Rodriguez. How about this? 159 of the 169 punches landed in the fight were power shots. They were slinging, and they were winging, and uh, Rodriguez gets the win. I, he now uh, reestablishes himself at 140. Still a prospect, not ready uh, for some of the killers at 140, but definitely a good night uh, for him. Ray Vargas defeated Leonardo Baez. That went to the distance. Good action fight. 
Um, but it was Ray Vargas coming off of a really long layoff. Stays undefeated, 35-0, and 0, I think, with a two-year layoff to show you how busy he was. Then Anthony, the dog, Durrell, all 37 years old, KO'd Marcus Hernandez with an uppercut from the gods, an uppercut from the clouds. It was cartoonish. Somehow got through the guard of Marcos Hernandez and knocked him out. Uh, that was awesome. So the, the, the undercard had two pretty good knocked out wins and a fight that went the distance that was fun. I think that's, that's pretty good. I mean, if considering that $50 million uh, dollars went to the main event in terms of uh, fighter payouts, and they were probably left to, uh, you know, Ron Katz and the matchmakers and all the guys that, that lose to Kubas and all the guys that make the matchmakers at PBC, Tom Brown, you know, they had to, to kind of are on a budget for an undercard and, and it delivered. So now it doesn't always deliver, uh, but that one did. But tonight was all about the main event. It, it ended before UFC 268 kicked off. There was a picture of Dana White watching the fight, Canelo and Plant, uh, that was been going around on Twitter. Don't make too much of that. That's just him waiting to see when the fight was over to put the main event on. It does, they're doing the same thing. The guys at Showtime were probably watching the UFC as event as well. They monitor. It's it's as much as I'll tell you or anyone wants to tell you that, you know, these two fight these two sports aren't the same. It's it's very much the same. It's a combat sport, huge pay-per-view going up against each other. So I did like the pacing of the Showtime uh, pay-per-view tonight. You know, they were obviously not going to wait for UFC 268 to end, like we saw a few years ago with Canelo laying on a couch, which was probably ultimately the demise of Canelo and Golden Boy and, and zone, or at least the, the fragment started right then and there. Espinosa told you all week, hell no. And when he was asked if they were going to wait for the end of 268, that would have been one, two in the morning. But... um I like the pace. They went right into the, the main event. They didn't uh, you know, kill any time. They didn't do any, any fill that you see on some of the other networks. So I thought Showtime did a good job there. Maybe would have liked to hear a little more from the corners. I know they'd like to do their corner uh, audio afterwards, Showtime, after the fight's over. They package it together. But I think some of the best drama is always found in the corners. Over the years, some of the best moments in boxing have been in the corners. Where else will we hear? I want to pour some water on your balls. <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, where do you have Emmanuel Stewart with someone, you know, going crazy or Teddy Atlas telling Tim Bradley, we are firemen. I would like to have seen, you know, what Reynoso was telling uh, Canelo. We got some of it. I would like to have seen what Plant's trainer, who was, you know, relatively unknown, what he was telling Plant. I just like to see a little more of, of the corner stuff, but I can't nitpick. I thought it was a good show uh, from Showtime. They're having a hell of a year. There's, you know, we got Fulton Figueroa. Uh, for Showtime, we got Benavidez coming up this month. This month's loaded. Uh, November, this is a heck of a kickoff to November. Next week, we got Munguia uh, and Rosado. Uh, then you got Benavidez also that night. It's Kyron Davis. And then you go into November 20th, Crawford and Porter. Uh, you got Demetrius Andrade and Jason Quigley also November 20th. Then we head into November 27th, Thanksgiving weekend. Tiafimo Lopez, George Cambosos. Yes, they're actually finally going to fight. Uh, at MSG, that's a matchroom fight. Uh, then you got Fulton, Stephen Fulton, and Figueroa, which could probably be the best, might be the best fight of the whole weekend, or the whole summer, excuse me, the whole month of November on the 27th. Then you want to head into December. December 3rd, we're going to see Devin Haney, and we're going to see Jojo Diaz. They officially, they made that fight official. They had a press conference this week. We're going to see Tank Davis. And Isaac Cruz, December 4th, we're going to see Jake Paul 
fighting Tommy Fury, December 18th. Uh, there's a lot of really good fights in the next eight weeks. Uh, so uh, it's been a good end of the year. This was the eighth unification bout of 2021. This was the third undisputed fight of 2021. So when December 31st comes around, we take a look back at the year that was 2021 in boxing. We're going to say this was a damn good year. Best fighting the best more than not. Canelo Alvarez in big fights. We saw a huge heavyweight fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. We saw eight unification bouts, three undisputed bouts. So when people tell you boxing is dying, it's an old narrative that needs to be squashed. Sure, we're not getting the best all the time. There are definitely warts in boxing when it comes to judging and all these commissions and all these organizations and all the belts. But if you take a look at it as a whole and you see that the best are fighting the best more than not, this has been a good year. 2021 has been a good year for boxing. Canelo Alvarez as the king of the hill in boxing is a great thing. He wins. I'm done talking. I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. I'm going to rest up. Uh, This week, we're going to have a big show, Inside Boxing Live, coming to you midweek. Got a lot of good guests lined up. Uh, Probably have a two-minute, fastest two-minute coming out for you on Monday. We move onwards. As always, Team CompuBox, what a team. Bob Canobio, Lee Groves, Nick Canobio, all the punch counters at, at CompuBox, all the guys doing research. It is a team that cannot be messed with right now. <laughs> we are pumping out content. We're, we're pumping out uh, punch stats, giving you gambling advice, giving you, you know, trying to make you laugh. With, trying to give you everything here at CompuBox, CompuBox TV, Inside Boxing Live. Appreciate everyone that follows on Twitter. Appreciate everyone that listens uh, week in, week out. But we still have more to go in 2021. But hats off, Canelo Alvarez with a huge, huge win. He defeats Caleb Plant. We'll see you next time.